perspective listeners at this point because yes Lisette and Martina are now on podcast clap 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 yes 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 um so we are here I guess in a way to like not the end of but like kind of wrapping up our series around white supremacy in the workplace Mm -hmm. and so Lisette and I realized like every time we finish one of these conversations there's more shit that we can talk about (laughs) so we are you know that's why we can't say this is the final episode but it's definitely um the wrap-up for the series as of right now but you know there's always more white supremacy unfortunately so you never really know um, but yeah, today, upon this wrap up, we're going to kick off conversations around salary. Oh, oh, Lord. You know, let's say, I think, you know, it's you two. I think I can speak for both of us. Like, people get so uh, bent out of shape about okay. salaries, and we all do. And yeah. people don't like talking about like how much money they make. And well, you know, and again, of course, this is the white supremacy of it. It's even like, you know, when you meet people, especially for the first time, they always say you should never talk about things like salary, you know, like like money just in general, because it's like it's so uncouth. It's, you know, crass. Um, And, you know, of course, that has spilled over into the workplace. And it's always I think it's even illegal for companies to even uh, talk to other employees about folk salaries, which, okay, I think I kind of get that. But it's just this it's this sensitivity around money. And it's so interesting because America is a capitalist society. They probably have built the modern day view that we have on capitalism. Yet people are so bent out of shape. I think particularly white people who are the ones that have made the rules are so bent out of shape. Care to talk more about that, my friend? Yes. Um, oh my gosh. There's just so many things it's so much. My, it's- in my head that I can't even figure out what to do. <laughs> to pick out but I think it's the, the the taboo of talking about money in general that that kind of makes me think about how I hear especially like wealthy people like they talk about money like you it's know the poorest. they don't talk with the poor folks they talk about- but among themselves but even we know how much money you know these billionaires are making like there's all these there's all these instances where people who have a lot of money or wealth or rich whatever we know how much they make yeah like, no it's not some secret out here we know like the net worth you might not know exactly how much people make all the time but like I think about actors they're like oh they signed up they make a million dollars per episode mm-hmm. or they're making 20 million dollars on this one movie and nobody bats an eye on it but no. Lord forbid. <laughs> We go, we ask each other, well, how much do you make at your so-and-so job? I'm like, oh, I'm not going to share that information with you. You know, like. It's like it's, an embarrassment. People are embarrassed. Like. Embarrassed. I don't know if it's just we've been conditioned, socialized, particularly like when you're sort of middle class or, you know, or, <laughs> or we're poor. Like, poor. Mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, oh, how, how are we going to talk about this? Um, and I think one of the reasons why I wanted to really talk about the salary conversation and with white supremacy is this idea of making sure that pay gap continues to be there. Because if I don't know what the other women who are in either my same department or mm-hmm. same sort of positions are making, then I don't know if I'm making less or if, if I don't know what the men are making. 
uh, in similar positions, then I don't know if there is a pay gap. If there is, you know, something there that I should be concerned or that I should be asking for more money or really like, do I really know my worth if I don't know what exactly the worth of this work is because nobody talks about it unless someone is willing to share and say, hey, this is how much I make or this is what, you know, I was making this, but I really wanted to make more. So this is what I asked for and I got it. And this is how I how I got it. You should do the same thing. Like here's what you should be asking for. And it, it makes me think about how these policies and these rules, because I don't think, I don't think companies can like, tell you not to talk about how much you make to other people like that's yeah business, right like they can't control that but it makes it seem as if you can't talk about how much you make with other people you know it's, it's this idea that it's like oh no like why would you tell so-and-so that you make you know this amount of money it's like because I want to make sure that I'm not making it's one thing to make like two, three thousand dollars less or more or whatever. But if there's like a twenty thousand dollar difference, then there's something wrong. There's the problem, especially if y'all got the same damn position or same position, similar. Similar or it's you know I know that you know longevity in a company comes into play and I that's completely different. But when you talk about like we've been there the same amount of time, have very similar experience, you know, edu- like all these things that are just very similar and yet there's that ten thousand fifteen thousand dollar difference then there's something wrong there like and we need and the company needs to correct it like they have to be able to like okay we need to make sure that we have all employees making i forgot what state has now made it a requirement for jobs to post what the salary is when they're putting a job out there at a job post like you, you, you no longer can keep that. And you like, you have to put it on when you post a job. Or what state? Like, should. there's a state that's now it's a law where like you have, when you post a job, you have to put the salary. And I'm like, yes, I think that yes. should be across the board because you should be able to know how much you may be making because some of these jobs will try to get you in have very little money for a lot of work that they're trying to get you to do. It will. And I think based on people's skill sets, education levels, experiences, I mean, and companies do it though. And I, I don't know, part of me, you know, I mean, of course, you know, I feel about capitalism, but I'm just like, okay, I know it's a business at the end of the day. So this is why I say, you know, especially in America, they don't give a shit about anybody. Um, But I just feel like, what is so wrong with that? People need to know what to expect. And most companies want to work you like a dog for little to nothing. And so, you know, I think the table needs to turn. We need to get, give control back to people who are working. Well, I don't give a shit uh, at what level or what the industry is. The people out here going to work every damn day of the week. And like, like we have said in the previous episodes, we spend most of our time, most of us spend our time working outside of our home with our employee, our, our company more than we spend at home. So it's like, if you're spending all this time there, people need to be compensated. Like companies need to just stop nickel and dime people and pay people yeah. what they're worth. And then also, okay, we get past that hump. And as you're talking about, 
the uh, pay gap, of course, between women and men, it's still it's still in existence. Then mm-hmm. we have pay gaps that exist between, you know, black women, Latino women, Native American. So it's even like even bigger gaps when you start looking at that. And I'm yeah. like, why? Why can't companies just get the shit together? Why is it so difficult to pay a woman, regardless of her race, the money that she should be making? Like, why is that so difficult? Especially somebody with the same skill level and education as a man. Like, if both people went to went to the same damn school, same experiences, why is he getting offered more money than her? I don't get it. I don't. I don't get that. I mean, I know, of course, that's. I know the white supremacy rolled into that, and the patriarchy and all that's a part yeah. of that, and all that is used to suppress women in general. But I don't. I just. I. I just can't wrap my head around. Why is that so difficult to want to pay people their worth? I mean, most of us, when we come in for a new job, are very, I mean, I will say that's another thing, like for women to negotiate salaries. I've only recently negotiated, because I've mentioned on here before, I started a new job in January. I've only recently uh, began to negotiate, but that's an area for a lot of women. And I think women of color in particularly is not so comfortable with. And whereas a man, he don't think shit about it. He'll negotiate and if he don't get it, oh well, if he does, great. He move on. He doesn't take it so much to heart. But that's because the system is built for Chad. The system ain't built for everybody else. Yeah, he did. Yes. Yes, he did. everything you just said. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I think about the idea of control, particularly with women. There is our society, especially I wasn't thinking in the United States, but I think it's around the world, right? Like this idea of controlling women yeah. and and in, in all aspects in health, financial, you know, mentally, all these things, right? Like, and I think that plays into it, right? Like the white supremacy, you mentioned white supremacy and patriarchy kind of fall into it. And I think this is just another way. Mm-hmm. This is just about control. And we've talked a lot about a white supremacy you know, continues to be such uh, a thing about just control and, yeah. and, and wanting to, you know, have this, um, you know, being over people. And, and I think, the idea, especially with women, this idea of just like, no, this is a way to control. And, and, and knowing that the system is built for bad, um, you know, and we're less likely to speak up or less likely to negotiate. Like you mentioned, I think that's a big thing um, uh, among women is, you know, we can negotiate a lot of other things, but when it comes to some more of like this workplace, kind of having to assert our, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. confidence or dominance or whatever, like we know things, it's really hard because we know and you know instinctively we know the system is set up against us so why should we and i think people of color understand that a lot of times i think women of color understand that a lot of times like uh, like why do i try why should i try again like it's just not set up that way but and i think making this idea of salary such a taboo to talk about just feeds into this thing of like well i don't know like you know, I don't know what so and so is making. Like, do I, I don't even know what to ask for or other way like, to control? You know, and it's just this way to just control women. And you know, if if you've been listening to our podcast all the time, like we talk a lot about women of color because 
we understand that women of color don't have a lot of platforms. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in the workplace, um, I've always heard, I think you and I have talked about this, how uh, affirmative action in general, you know, really helped white women yeah. uh, more than any, than any other, uh, <laughs> any person of color, really. Um, and I think that's just everything that we see to this day is just a ramification of things being either designed for white men or to benefit white women. Um, and this conversation around salary and the taboo of it all and just falls into controlling more, I think, women of color and, you know, and, and men of color uh, as well. And just sort of like, hey, you know, if we can keep, keep them to not make as much as they should be or, you know, or think that they can't or think like it goes back to the, the whole control. Like I think about, you know, when we talk about policing, policing's mm -hmm. all about controlling, you know, predominantly here, you know, black and brown men yeah, and, you yeah. know, bodies, but it's that same concept. Like here's another way we can control sort of people of color and not letting them move up the ranks or whatever if we just use this as a tactic. I think it's a tactic to kind of keep people from not talking about salaries is just another tactic to keep people of color down in the workplace for me no i agree with that i think it, it is another way to keep people of color down and i you know was just talking to one of my good friends her and i used to work together and she still works for that organization and she was talking about and you know i don't know if i've shared this story or not but you know what people gonna hear it again if i have um <laughs> This, you know, this story of how her company, they uh, apparently, I don't know who it was, HR or leadership, both, whomever, can't remember, but they put on this, uh, they had a webinar because, you know, most folks are still, or still remote, but, you know, heading back, but they put on this webinar presentation where they talked about the salary discrepancies between uh, people of color there and it's something that they already know. And so my friend is like, so you basically just did this whole presentation to tell people of color that they are officially making less money than their white counterparts. Mm. You could have kept that. It's like, that's, that's shit we already know. And it's very evident because I know one of my, uh, she's a friend, a, a friend acquaintance that I had when, when I worked there. And I've been away from this job for a few years now. And this young woman is still there in the same position and she's an Asian American woman. She mm. has not, she's not been promoted. She has in, done interview after internal interview to rise up the ranks. She's not at all. And, and it's just like, it was, um, it's so interesting because this, because the same friend that I was talking to about this, the one that works there, um, she was telling me about another instance where uh, a coworker of hers, um, also a woman of color, like all these women of color, and was basically, she was talking to her boss, who is a white woman, about, you know, have you not realized, like, people of color at this organization are not moving up. They're not making the money that they make, and I think her boss was basically like, you know, she's trying to do what she can in her power, I guess, to help out the best she can, but I'm like, Okay, A, well, this can't fall onto one person to change this. This is a whole systems thing. 
but then at the same time, I'm like, why is that so difficult to do? Why is it so difficult for people? And I know when I was still at this organization, um, we had folks coming in as I was, I was leaving out probably, this was over a span of a year, new people coming in. And as I was leaving out, those people that have come in, both of them are white, a white male and a white woman. The woman probably was there about a year and a half before I left out. The man probably came a year or so. Both of them have been promoted since I've been away. And they have this Asian American friend of mine who's been there longer than them, has done internal interviews and has can't, and she can't move up. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, you got these two outsiders that came in, they've gone up the ranks. And if I don't care, fuck people like, well, what about their abilities or what about their skills? Well, you know what? Also, companies supposedly are supposed to help people if they want to work on their professional development. So if these people are coming in with more skills and more experience than folks that you have there, then that's a problem again with the company. You need to look at the people that you're hiring there. Why is it, why are you not focusing on people of color with those certain elevated skills if that's the case? So, you know, that way you can hire people on the same level, but you probably still will say something shitty and it probably still be the same situation. Um, but I just like had to share that story because it is so interesting that, (laughs) that they did this whole presentation talking about the discrepancy. So it's like, okay, so we, okay, you just put this out for, okay, like, but what are you going to do about it? Like, and why is it so hard to change that? Like, you know, this is happening within your company. You did a presentation on it. You have people that we all know some like people of color, there are not being given the same benefit of the doubt or not being able to make it to the next level or make more money, whatever the situation is. But yet you got white people, both male and female that have been there less than probably three or four years that have gone up two positions. Like what the fuck is that? You know, I'm only quiet because my brain is like, I know I said a lot again. <laughs> no, but it's just there's so many there's so many things that I was just like, yes, yes, oh my gosh, yes. Um, but I think about when you mentioned, you know, you know, white people kind of being moved up the ranks a lot quicker than people of color. Um and and I just think about so many people that I know. Uh, different jobs and you know and 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 acquaintances of like you know they've been there and you know they're qualified to be moved mm-hmm. up but they're not they're over they're overlooked for by somebody for somebody else and you know nine times out of ten that person is white yep, who gets yep. promoted and and I think about how that is such an example of how white supremacy culture is so ingrained into you know a lot of workplace practices you know that just perpetuate this idea of like white supremacy and this like white central lens you know and again it might not be intentional like it could just be this idea like they're just doing it they're not they may not be realizing it some of them probably do do it intentionally Mm -hmm. you know um but it is like I've seen it so many times happen and I'm like well what what would it take? Exactly. You know, you know what is it going to take for people to really notice that, hey, there's something wrong if 
you're not promoting people of color, particularly in departments or areas where you might just have that one, you know, or two people of color who have expressed interest, right? Yes. Of like, I want to move up. These are people who are saying, you know, I'm good where I'm at. You can just leave me here. You know, and you know, like, and that's cool. But when people have tried and you've seen them apply for different jobs or you've seen them apply for positions or try for, especially internally, then why aren't you? And are you telling them, like, this is why we haven't promoted you. This is why you're missing this. Yeah. And then instead of saying, like, go figure it out, say, like, how can we help you get this? Like, I think that's something that is not afforded to, you know, people of color in their, you know, in their employment places because it's it takes extra time and effort from a manager or whoever to be hey i want to dedicate time to help you reach that next level and figure out what you're missing and how can i help you or how can the company help you get there like what certificate can we get you or what can we do but a lot of the times it's is them saying well you need to search out that opportunity and you have to figure it out uh, because we don't have dollars, or that's not what we do. And it's like, and that's not professional development. That's not no. helping. That's not helping them grow professionally. And you know, you and I again have been a part of fellowship or uh, leadership opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've talked about this. And I, you know, w- when I initially did my fellowship uh, a few years ago, I I did one thing that I learned in about there. What is it like? Uh, these coaches that white people have, I think particularly men, I forgot, I think there's a certain name for it. I don't know if it's like, it's not a life coach. It's like a career coach or something. And it's only really known to like people who are higher up the chain. And, but if you want to like get these C-suites or these big, these big time positions, like big time positions, a lot of these white people know about this. Like they seek out these coaches that can help them with that. And I, I, that's something I learned about, like, initially, like, first off, when I, when I first got to my leadership uh, uh, fellowship, and they were talking, I was like, I've never heard of this, like, there are coaches, I mean, it makes sense, there are coaches out there that can help you get to the next level, and yeah. one of the women who was a part of my fellowship, who is a woman of color, and she was, uh, at the time, she was uh, a VP, and she had mentioned to her company that she would have liked to have that sort of coaching because apparently you can have your company can pay for things like that for you, like for you again, something I had not heard of. Um, And I think one of her colleagues who was a white man had actually gotten that coaching. She wanted it. And they told her that she had to go about it herself. Wow. You know, like again, (laughs) again, and this is a woman that was a VP at a well-known company. And it's like, yeah, we're not going to pay for that. But they paid for it for Chad or they helped Chad more than they helped her. I don't know if they paid for it, but it was just like, okay, wow. Okay. Now, and again, it's just that, you know, the continued disparity, the continued sort of preference, you know, like where, you know, people of color just have to figure it out on your own, you know, but, you know, especially white males get help or get wasted, you know, like, oh, we want to move you up the ranks and, and you know, I don't know if companies just don't 
realize that we see it like it's not y'all it's blatant like y'all are doing yeah, it we're right not now. hiding it like, <laughs> this like, isn't like something that's happening behind closed doors like, yeah we like, see it we see and, it and then i think there's you know companies who are like why aren't people of color working here probably because other people of color have said yeah don't go there that's not friendly for us like exactly like yeah, and, and that's a huge thing. Like I have heard, you know, other people are like, man, like you, like you never want to work for this this organization or in this company because yeah, they're just not friendly. Like they're not, you know, their their environment or their practices or policies are just not. You know, they're definitely like white centered. Um, and I think I think one of the things we talked about was you know what do you need to do is like these organizations really need to take a look in their leadership and and figure out who are the voices Mm -hmm. that are either making these policies you know who is kind of doing like even when you think about like goals and like things that like who like from what perspective are these being created from uh because if they're very most of them are white then there's you're missing a lot of other perspectives or if they're you know and it, and it doesn't have to be a white thing but if you don't have any women in there um if you don't have you know people from different cultures kind of talking and providing feedback on, on things like you know it it just makes me think of just the understanding of what an office culture could be is so white centered that you you don't you don't have time to respect you know asian culture you know mexican culture black culture um all these other cultures that are out there jewish like all these like you don't you're not able to understand what it means to be that because you're only looking at it from a very white american lens and that white american lens is very narrow and very like limited um and then that's why you then have people that that leave your company because they're like yeah no they're not they're not for me and, and you can people- bring up a right i think you, you bring up a good point i just i'll I turn it back over to you but i think like um you know people of color talk i know like you and i have said like you know of course you know we have some discrepancies within our own communities but like we do look out for each other in yeah. terms of that. Like we, so we talk and, you know, that is a, uh, a common theme that we share with our, you know, all the minorities is that we all at some, in, in some way are looked down upon because of the color yeah. of our skin. And so we do talk to each other. Like, I mean, you and I still talk about stuff now. We've moved on in many ways. Like yeah. we, we, you know, we know, the places that are friendly and the places that are not friendly who to fuck with who not to fuck with so why white people out here wondering about shit like we talk we know we know yeah. i mean yeah. i think mean, i equate to the same way where we'll say like you know is that is that area friendly to you know to us is that restaurant friend like you know like all right. these things that we we ask is that city like does that town exactly. like you've been here like is it you know or should I not, you know, and like all these things that we just, people talk to each other about, like, and you know, particularly people of color, like, hey, like, yeah, you don't want to go there, you know, we had a bad experience, it's just, mm-hmm. just, you know, together, and it's, 
it's like okay so i'll never go there unless you know something changes but you know it's it's beyond the workplace that that idea of like hey uh, is it you know and and i always love it how we always look we don't even say you know is it black friendly we just we just kind of like you know our our color kind of just pointed like our our arm or something just to make sure yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah like we have our own little way like i mean yeah we I know, I know you're talking about the arm thing with a hand thing. Like, you <laughs> know, like, is it like we don't even say it? That's all we gotta do. We're in public, trying to like, figure it out. Yeah, we figured out. Yeah, we know. But, but it's just, it's such a thing. That, and again, you know, when I think about the workplace and understanding cultures and and how that plays into this this um white centered lens that a lot of the the workplaces continue to perpetuate um and it falls into because you don't have people of color in those leadership spaces and you know and i i hear organizations i hear articles and i read articles and i watch things of like i was like well you know we're trying to get more people of color into leadership positions but are you really like are you intentionally really trying to get people of color into these leadership positions because in order to do that you have to make sure that you work with departments or managers or whatever to identify who these leaders could be and like how do you make sure that they have the tools that they need because let's be honest a lot of us did not have access to the tools that our white counterparts had access to yes so all these leadership things, all these things, and all these leadership programs, and most of them are geared towards a white-centered lens. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't even get, you know, leadership that is uh, leadership training or anything that, for a lot of times, conducive to how we interact with the world. Mm-hmm. Like, we then have to, again, code switch, culture switch, all these things to this white-centered lens. And it, I'm like, I want to do that because that's exhausting. To do that eight hours a day? No, thank you. It's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. I think you that that is a great I think transition into us looking at really like these ideas of professionalism and like mm-hmm. of course rooted in white supremacy uh, as well. And it's like what what is professionalism? Like it has been defined mm-hmm. so many ways by so many different people, but yes, the central theme that most of it is the idea is basically make yourself more white i mean i don't know if it's still issue with a lot of places but i know at one point it was like or at least i've heard even at some of the companies i've worked at like you know they don't want you to have piercings you can't have colored hair you can't Mm. have you know tattoos exposed and like a part of me is like oh yeah i mean why would their hair be green but at the same time like who gives a shit if their hair is green like what does that have to do with somebody's ability to get the job done like what if, okay they have tat like they have a tattoo sleeve okay what does that have to do with them uh running a presentation if they're doing yeah. a job like all these sort of things are geared towards what is and what isn't considered professional and i think a lot of things a lot of this for people, especially people of color, ties into different cultural things, like things that, that are just a part of our culture in many ways. But then 
it's looked down upon. I mean, of course, you know, don't get me started on the natural hair. I mean, what that was a whole thing, even even with the even even with the military, it's like, yeah. well, women, you know, you can't have afros. Your hair, I mean, you can't have braids. Your hair got to be pulled back in a bun. Okay, now if you are in combat, that's different. Yes, you probably need to be yes. equipped for combat. Yes. But if you out here doing some ROTC training, you know, um, you just out here your day to day, who gives a shit? Like, as long as people are doing their jobs, like we're yeah. so focused on what people look like instead of what their abilities are. And like, it's just, yeah. And all of, again, like the microaggressions that you and I have talked about as well, it all like comes down to, to like, what the fuck does it have to do with somebody being able to do their job? Mm-hmm nothing to do with that nothing to do with their job if the person is performing well doing what they need to do sometimes going above and beyond what the fuck does they what they look like have to do with professionalism yeah mm-hmm. when you when you talked about you know the color of, of your hair yeah. uh, i remember when i first decided to start coloring my hair oh yes <laughs> and it was just a few years back and I, remember, I think the first color I went with was like this, it might have been purple, I wanted purple hair. Um, and I remember I remember one of the, the leadership individuals, and it was a person of color, like pulled me aside, we were having some like meeting or something and was like, you know, like, you know, what made you want to color your hair? And I was like, well, yeah, I want to try something. I just turned 30. I remember I was turning 30 and I was like, you know, I want to just do something fun for my 30th birthday and I just thought let me color my hair mm-hmm. like it was I gave it no like deep thought about it I was just like I'm just trying to have fun and she's like well you know you just might want to think about your future you know people aren't going to look at you so you know you're a woman of color you know they're not might take you serious I was like because I'm out here with purple curly hair like and it just did I was just like I'm like because I've seen some of these like blondes with some pink in their hair like whatever like right. no, like did somebody take them aside and say something and i knew it was coming from a good place like it wasn't like hey i'm trying to watch out for you because i want you to move up kind of thing yeah but i, I just couldn't and i had other people tell me the, the, the same thing and these other people of color who were just saying like you know just you know it looks beautiful you know you can do what you want but you know if you want to move up and I was like, if me moving up as a woman of color depends on what shade my hair is, there's something wrong. Like you just I'm wrong, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, and I did it. Like I went through, I went through purple, green, blue, red. Yeah, you like coloring your hair. <laughs> I do. Like this is this is the longest I've gone without having some color in my I hair. Know. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to itch. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at my calendar, like, oh, what can I do it? Like, I should just do it. But I'm trying to get off topic, but it just really just it, it boggled my mind. And I, I think because I was told that, I just continued to color my hair because yeah. I was like, wow, no, like you're um the color of my hair, <laughs> color of my skin are not gonna stop me from moving up <laughs> anywhere. Like it just it just did not make sense. And I remember I, I chatted with somebody and like some networking thing I had to go and they had red hair and they were someone who, who was pretty high up somewhere and mm-hmm. I just like hey you know I see you have like beautiful red hair like it's 
like the shade of red that I, I've been wanting to go with. Um, and she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, there's gonna be people who who look at you funny, and he's like, but you know what, you just have to do you and and just be you and and be okay with it. Yeah, fuck them. I, like, I was like, you know what, if she can make it, where she made it with that hair, then you know what, forget it. Like, I'm just gonna keep coloring my hair, but it be. I mean, I was just surprised at how many people just said to me, like, hey, because A, you have curly hair, so that already is mm. something that isn't always seen as professional. Um, and B, now you have it red or whatever color it had it at that time. And it's just like, it doesn't, it shouldn't, like, it shouldn't impact. And, it, and I know it did. I remember, <laughs> I know some people who saw me did like a double take of like, what is crazy? <laughs> lady doing it and it was and you know where it, it was always in those very professional quote-unquote spaces that i had to be in but when i was out in the community people were like oh my gosh your hair is so pretty like your curls are you know popping and all these things like i'm like you know you're who i care about because you're the one i'm working with on a regular basis all these other people are just people that at the time i didn't think this way but now i'm like Y'all are just operating in this white-centered lens, white supremacy culture, and y'all can keep that, and I'm just going to be operating in my culture over here. Yeah, and it's so, because it's like, you coloring your hair, or me wearing an afro, has nothing to do with your job. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your skills, your education, it has nothing to do with that. And people, and then it's like, oh, you know, being, oh God, I'm just thinking like casual Fridays and jean Fridays oh, at work. Yes. And it's like, white people, they want to decide when it's time to be casual. They like, okay, so we're going to do a jean day. We're going to do a casual day. Like, you know, feel free to, you know, you can wear like a fun t-shirt, but keep it clean. Um, You know, it's just like, I mean, I don't know. It's just like white people, again, dictating what's, what's, what's professional, what's casual. And I get it. Like, there are some instances, yes, if you have a meeting probably with, like, the president of the United States or the president of a company, you know, again, the color of your hair has nothing to do with it. But, yes, you probably want to wear something nice. You don't want to just wear anything. I get that. But then again, you know what? If you're meeting with these people, like you said, it's a lot of people in these very high positions um, who are just as formal. They don't like stuffy. But, yeah. you know, yep. to work and try to navigate this white supremacy path to get to the top and they get it, you know? And some of them are like, hey, you know, like, I don't, you know, maybe like, let's not wear suits and be so formal. Like, let's, you know, sit down and get to know each other and, you know, try to, you know, try to like each other. Not all of them are so stuffy, but they kind of, you know, in order to get to the top, it's still to this point in this day and age, you still got to operate a certain way. And I think a lot of them do know that, especially the people of color that have quote unquote made it to the top you do but then that's why i think some of them get to the top and they're like you know we can cut out some of this stuffy shit like you know i've been in your shoes i get it like you gotta operate a certain way they want you to dress this way they don't want you to do that you gotta do this and that and they get it and so some of them are not as stuffy as we might think they are Mm -hmm. but the majority of them or the majority of companies i should say is i think even and not even just white-led companies there are companies uh people, uh, people of color companies that, again, as you mentioned, the woman who told you about the red hair, she had no malice at all, but she was a black woman because she's just thinking about, 
oh God, I don't want this to hinder your career. I think you're great. You know, you might just want to be careful with that. She didn't mean any harm at all. Yep. But they're also operating in that white supremacist lens yeah. as well because that's really all we know. We don't know anything else. And we think yep. in order to get to the top and make the big money and meet the right people, whatever, you got to behave white. And white is equal to professional. It's not yep. equal to anything else. And again, that woman meant, she, like you said, she didn't mean any harm at all. But for her, she's like, oh, I'm just afraid that, oh God, well, you're not going to get this or that because of the color of your damn hair. Yeah. And this whole idea, like, oh, you're so early on in your career and all these things. I'm like, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter where in your career you are that something like that should dictate. And you mentioned, like, you talked about sort of this uh, idea of like the casual Fridays or like, you know, higher ups. I, I've heard plenty of stories of like people who go to meetings, like all kind of, you know, dressed up and like, okay, I had to wear like, you know, my nice pantsuit or like the skirt or whatever you're wearing that day. And they show up and, you know, the CEO, whoever is just in some jeans and like, like a polo or something. And right. one, it's like, because I think even white people are tired of operating in this white supremacy culture. Like this idea of like, you have to be a certain way to reach the top. I think there's those that are allies who are like, yeah, this is tiring. Like this is to have to be a certain way to make it. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, and it's not the majority. They're not the majority, unfortunately. Um, but I think there are people out here who are just like, Dude, it, it's it's especially if it's a Friday. Like you will, it's a rare you'll catch me on a Friday wearing like a full on anything, unless I know I'm meeting with like a CEO or something, right? Um, or I'm going to some networking event, um, which I don't like anyway. But. <laughs> A whole other podcast episode. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but like it's just you know I, I I hate falling into these white supremacy culture trends or just ways of of dressing and and being and talking and having to to address or operate in this white supremacy culture of you know, just the hierarchy of things and you, know, you have to wear this and, and, and be a certain way and it just doesn't make sense anymore. And I think this is why I think you, you'll see a lot more people of color just wanting to start their own company, start their own businesses because they're like, no, I don't want that to be the culture that I operate in. Like, that's not the way, I mean, I think that's why you see a lot of more entrepreneurs that are that are black, brown, Asian, like all these things where, where I think you'll see more. I think yeah. the traditional workplace culture and environment has to change in order to attract, I think, more people of color into organizations and companies. Because if not, you're just going to continue losing people of color because we don't, we're tired. We're tired of operating yeah. in in this system that even, even if you operate to like the best and you do everything, you're still not seen as good enough. Yep. Yes, you know, yes, you're, yes. it's not a guarantee that you're going to move up. It's not a guarantee that people are going to spend the time, you know, mentoring you or helping you. You're not, it's so hard to find leaders who are, who are willing to speak up for you, who are willing to, you know, advocate for you. 
um, as a person of color, you know, they're like, you know, and it's, it's like, if you, if this continues on, I can definitely see, you know, more people like you and I have talked about like, you know, how even just the last few months with people going back to the office, people just wanting to quit because they don't want to go back to it. Had enough. Had enough. People had enough. I mean, I'm like, I'm be like, oh, going back to office, it, it, it'll be a struggle. I gotta do it, but you know, it's it's that idea that you. I mean, and again, it takes leadership to be say like, oh, we need to change something. Something yeah. needs to change because we've been operating. Hey, they need to recognize that they're operating in white supremacy culture, white centered lenses, like that's like the first thing that they need to, to acknowledge. And I've yet to see people acknowledge. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's still, yeah, I don't know when we're gonna see that. I think, was it the CDC or someone came out and recognized racism? I mean, honey, they, mm-hmm. they just got to saying racism, which is, I mean, it's we still a public health about, issue. Yeah, it's a public health issue according to the uh, CDC, the CDC. So, I mean, honey, they just got around to saying that. So, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I, that's still in the making. But I think, yeah, we do have. We just, you know, we just got a long. It's, it's a long way to go. Um, especially, there is yeah. such a long way to go. And I think, I think the solution is getting people of color into these C-suite spaces, inviting them into these C-suite spaces. I mean, I don't know, I read an article where they were intentional about the white supremacist culture mm-hmm. in, in, in their workplace. And this, um, this CEO or someone that's in that C-suite level was like, you know, we had to make sure that we gave up some power uh, because we weren't we weren't the ones equi- like something like equipped enough to make these changes and to see what we needed we needed to bring other people and I was like oh that <laughs> you mean share power with people of color I don't know it hasn't worked out <laughs> in the past <laughs> yeah yeah but you know they they figure out a way to work for them and it's like you need to see more of that you need to see like I'm not saying give people of color just a title to give them, but you can invite them to these decision-making processes. You can't mm-hmm. say, hey, we we identified these 10 people who across the board have great ideas, have always, you know, like in, like, like how about we include them into these power decision meetings that we need to have and we need to have these people. Because the same way, I know we've talked about, like, you know, you and I have talked about how community need to have a voice in what happens in their community and like mm-hmm. all these things and when you're trying to tackle whether you're you're putting it under the the umbrella of racism structural racism and you don't want to call it white supremacy culture or patriarchy like you need to then be able to say like you know what people of color need to be in these spaces and it doesn't matter if they're not in that c-suite level that's traditionally seen as people who who know best I was like, because y'all don't always know best because y'all have not had our lived experiences how well how we see our perspectives you only see this lens that has been made for you and 
And that's what that's what I gotta say. I'll 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 I'm getting heated about this. I know you get <laughs> Well I do I mean of course I agree. I'm like white people need to bag bag. Like you need to bag bag. And the thing is like I'm all like, like you said, you know, affirmative action benefited white women more than anything because people, I think people forget white women are still considered a minority in a sense because because they're women. They may not be of color, but they're women. So yeah, if anything, yes, it has pushed white women further and they are ahead of the chain of women in terms of the money that's made. They still don't get paid that, what that, that of what they're wild what their white male counterparts would get paid but it's still a gap there and i think you were talking about this uh, about this leadership person that said they needed to share the power and share it with people of color i mean yeah but at the same time i don't know i just always go back to like white people of course don't want to give up that control and that's that's our biggest hurdle white people don't want to give up that control and that's why we're basically still in the same place we were in the 60s. I mean, we've moved a little bit, but we're still in the same place. We just switch up the argument and try to make it sound a little different, but we're still in the same place in many ways, especially if you look in a lot of rural rural uh, areas and areas that are predominantly people of color. Um, it's still some of the same same things that was happening back then are happening now. And I, it's this, um, I don't know, I think white people just need to know how it feels. That's why I don't believe in, uh, I don't believe in uh, reverse racism. Fuck that. You can't be, no, 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 you can't be. You can't be, I can't be racist to a white person. No, I'm not, I, I can't be. I'm not apologizing for that. I can't be racist to you. Um, and so that part is really like, I think sometimes I want to get paid and be like, you know what? You should give Yolanda that job because she's black. That's it. Because you would give that job to Chad because he's white. Why can't you? Uh, I mean, it's happened. It's not like it hasn't happened. Yeah, I mean, it has. It has happened. And I think, I know I don't necessarily mean that it's right. Uh, but it's like, we can do it too. We can get hired just because the color of our skin. Um, and but hell, most of the time people think you got hired because of the color of your skin well, anyway. Yeah, anyway. It don't yeah. even fucking matter. Um, but I'm like, you know what? You you should hire that person because of the color of their skin. And white people will of course have a fit over that. But I'm like, y'all do it all the time. You do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it too. What's the problem? And it's just there's just so much. Yeah. Too contend with so much to just have to work through and, and you and I say this all the time it's like white people need to be the ones taking the lead like y'all created these systems yeah your ancestors created these systems y'all have benefited from these systems um so y'all need to to do the work and you know and 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 stop expecting people of color to come in and and teach you how to do it and tell you why it's wrong and you know especially in the workplace where <laughs> when you have these DEI things happening and, oh. and people and you know they look at whoever the person of color is in that space to be the one to sort of either lead the conversation or or tell the answer and it's like no I don't have I mean the answer is you like you you as a white person need to fight this. You need to change it. You need to make these spaces. 
Um, you know, and it's like, you know, what you mentioned of just having to just give people of color the job, you know, well, sometimes it's just going to have to take that, like, yeah. because no, because I think no matter what we do, however qualified we may be, the, the reason will always fall down to like, they got it because they needed more people of color. Yes. They got to meet quota. They need, they need to be, oh, they're like, they only have one person of color in that, in that department. So they needed, you know, somebody else. So they only had, you know, they have nobody in leadership, you know, that's a person of color. So they just gave it to them. They're not qualified. And it's like, excuse me, sir. Like, or ma'am, like, you know, like I did what I had to do and I got the credential, whatever it is, but why do we always need to defend ourselves? Why do we always need to prove ourselves and be like, this is why I deserved it? And versus, oh, yeah, they got it. Why do we have to do it? Because of these white supremacist culture that we operate in. And unfortunately, even people of color can uphold yep. these white supremacist ideals, you know, and can keep even, we can even keep ourselves from moving up because we want to we're either power hoarding, we don't want to share it because, you know, it took us a long time to get somewhere. So I want to enjoy it for a bit before I bring someone else who I might see as a competition when in reality, it's not a competition. Exactly. Um, but because white supremacy has us believing that we're in competition with each other, we don't, we don't always reach back and pull others up with us, we unfortunately. Don't. Yes, we don't. We, we don't. I think yeah, that's something that uh, women of color we do we do have to we 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 do have to work better than I think you and I talked about that. We were talking about the box of how yep. we, they only let one of us out at a time, and then we we are so afraid to help each other, pull each other up. We even recognize each other sometimes when we're in certain settings, and it, it's just it's that is definitely a problem because there's. This is why, I mean, this and many other reasons, probably a million reasons why white people are still ahead because white people still see us conflicting with each other. They were like, yeah. well, shit, they can't even get along with themselves. Why the hell are we going to let them be VP of a company? Uh, no. But yeah. So it's, it, I mean, which is still fucked up because again, at the end of the day, white people are going to do what they want to do and they can go fuck up and look bad. But, you know, I would say my mama always say this. She's like, whatever you do, you got to do it. 10 times harder mm. somebody white i mean yeah. i'm sure i'm sure I'm, I'm sure you've heard that too from your from your parents is it something that they tell us and of course you know your parents being an immigrant it's even it's hard and mm -hmm. it's like you gotta be 10 times better in everything and that's across the board whether it's in computer science to healthcare to modeling whatever if you are that person of color you gotta be just as bad and you mm -hmm. gotta be bringing it and you damn, we, we damn near kill ourselves to bring it because that's what we've been raised on and told. And it's in many ways, it's true because even when we're bringing it the best that we can, it's still fucking hard. It's so yeah. hard because we are, we are exhausted. We're burnt out just trying to get to the top. And then we get up there and shit. Most of the time we buy ourselves because we ain't bringing people behind us. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. We still got a lot of work to do. So much to do. I think you made me think of like how 
a lot of the times I I don't know I don't know if these if there's any statistics around this I don't know but I wonder when it comes to taking time off you know do people of color don't take time off you know like is there a disparity there where like people of color probably don't take as much as maybe their white counterparts because of this idea of trying to be like no I need to prove that I'm here that I, I'm gonna work through all this and like all these things like especially I think maybe more so the older generations mm-hmm. um and looking at this I think you know our generation and, and younger probably are like no nah, I'm taking my time off Hell like yeah. I'm taking my time off but yeah. I, I'm, I'll just be curious to see like I don't know if there's anything around that because I can see it where you know people of color probably didn't take their allotted time off because of this I mean I think of like my parents who would go to work every day they could be sick like dying sick and they still went to work because they're like no like I need to do this and it's like and so that even spilled into me where sometimes I'm like I'll catch myself just pouring so much and I'm like why am I working myself to death when I don't have to you but because it's so ingrained in this idea of like there's a line from the Selena movie that a lot of Mexicans will quote and a lot of you know Latinos will quote of like you have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans and it's exhausting because then it's like well yeah like I have to be better yeah, and then that yeah. same concept just comes into even a lot of aspects education work whatever like I need to be better than the white people I need to prove mm-hmm. this it's like when do we stop proving ourselves like because we're not proving it to anybody but mm-hmm. ourselves like and white people ain't even seeing it the ones that we're, I guess I, I, I don't, they will take whatever you give them yeah I'm like and shit and, and it's like who are we doing it for I guess I mean ourselves the white people our parents I think it's it's a lot to unpack there um, but it is like, yeah, that's what I said. You, it's exhausting. It's like, we're just constantly grinding. I mean, I used to be like that too, in a sense where I was like, I didn't want to take PTO. My mom was like, baby, you got PTO. You got to take it. And I, you know, like you said, now I said, oh shit, I'm taking my PTO because you know I haven't taken a day off in a month. I got- right. I'm like. I, I take my PTO. I mean, I know some of my colleagues that I work with now, uh, folks that I really enjoy. I really enjoy working with, but they're also like, oh, I'm not taking any PTO this summer. I'm like, girl, you're crazy. I ain't said that, but I'm like, girl, you're crazy. I'm taking so Even just a day. Even just a day, whatever. A day and a half. A long weekend. A long weekend. Hell, take a, a Tuesday off for a, a, middle, a middle of the week because you can. Shit, like... These companies don't give a shit about us at the end of the day, and they won't hesitate to let you go. So you might as well, I mean, do what you got to do. I'm not saying, of course, you know, you got to do your job. We all got to stay employed. But going this, this over well and beyond, no, I mean, I'm just like, no, take take your pizza and i'm yeah i'm i'm in a fortunate position where i can say that i, I can yes, say yes. that we'll recognize that for sure yes like we definitely recognize that let now like we know we're in a position where we can take it um and since we you know we are in that position shit take it i mean you yeah. i mean you got it it's, and sometimes if you don't take it you lose it 
all of it don't roll over. You can't keep that time. So it's like, that's your time. And we've earned that time. So why not take it? Like I said, random fucking Tuesday in the middle of the week, whatever. That's your time. If people want it, I think, yeah, I'm all for like, if you got, if you have certain benefits like that or other benefits, like take it. I mean, some people are able to get whole, whole sabbaticals. Like, of course, like, you know, utilize those benefits because again, I say, even though we spend most of our lives working, ain't nobody going to give a damn. When you Mm -hmm. leave this earth, people are going to be talking about you. They ain't going to say, I mean, they not, they are going to talk about probably how you made them feel and what type of person you are. They're not going to talk about, well, you know, it was a great VP. She always had that PowerPoint was always on deck. It was always on deck. You know, they might say that in jest, like their PowerPoint was always on deck, (laughs) but it's like, you know, no, you're so right. People are only going to mourn you for a day or two. Yeah. And then they move on and the company hires somebody else. Boom. Yeah. Like that's, and that's just the, the work culture we live, you know, we yes. live in. Like that's just the reality of things. And I think because of this capitalistic society and, and then the white supremacy and the patriarchy, you're made to believe that work is everything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 the the be all to end all and, and you know, and hey, you can enjoy life when you retire. But when you you know, when you get up there, like you know your bones and everything they be feeling a certain type of way okay that that that, that, that it didn't feel when you were in your 30s <laughs> even so, right now in my 30s and my mid 30s i'm like ooh, right i'm looking up with a little back aches my knees be crackalacking over here <laughs> i heard crackalacking in a while that's good that's good <laughs> but you know but you're made to believe like no you can enjoy life when you retire and it's like why should we wait till we retire why can we build it into our culture where we enjoy life a little at the time a little at the time and we can make this work i read something about how in the united states we've been conditioned to think that the summer is like the only time that you can really kind of use up pto or take time off and i'm and you know me, like, I'm more of like, I'm gonna take my time off in the winter. Like, I'm do. <laughs> like, nah, you won't, you will see me. But when I read that, I was like, oh, that is so true. Because for the longest time, I was like, you know, the summer, because I was our public school system set up, you take these two, three months off during the summer. So in your head, that's the only time you remember having a lot of fun. And then the rest of the time is just to work. So it's so ingrained and you take that into adulthood. And it's like, no, like you don't only enjoy time off or vacation in the summer. You can vacation any time of the year, but we're set up. Our education system is set up that way. Our workplaces will say like, summer's here. It's fun time. Summer like, Fridays. Summer Fridays. We're going to be planning our, our goals during the summer. And because, and it's like, uh, why? Why are you planning over the summer? You can plan it whenever. Like, it's all these things where it's like, and then work starts back up in September, really, or it picks up, like, all these ways that things are just set up in this idea of just socializing and for you to just be a, a machine, a robot that just operates within these cycles of time. I'm like, uh-uh. I mean, there's so much to unpack, y'all. I can't. Oh, yeah, there, there is. And you know, a tidbit I did not know until a few years ago is that 
why we have these kids have three months off in the summer because of farming. There was mm. no, I, I didn't, I didn't know that until because a lot of, a lot of families, uh, of course, used to farm. And mm-hmm. then like this time of the year, uh, the kids would help with crops and stuff. And this is why the kids were often out of school. Um, but, you know, we don't really live in that kind of farm agriculture world anymore. So I know that has been talked. I don't know recently about uh, rethinking the school year system. Um, like, you know, should we continue? I mean, again, that's a whole different topic. But I just I thought that was just really some interesting because that's why we we have typically kids are out for like three months, two and a half months during the summer because of traditionally they were farming. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, I th- you know, there's there is a lot to unpack with that. Case in point, people, just take your PTO if you got it. Take your PTO. Take your PTO. Um, but I think what well, this has been uh, a good a good session. Our wrap up for work supremacy. Uh, let's set any last words to take us home. You know, I think I'm gonna take some PTO. I think that's for sure. Oh hell yeah! Um, <laughs> to do, but I, you know, honestly, there's just so much to still unpack and discuss around just white supremacy in general, and, and particularly, obviously, in the workplace. We spent a few episodes on, but some of the, just the key things that I think I've kind of learned or just been really like kind of exploring yeah. is just the this idea of just being in these spaces you know people of color being in these decision making spaces that that we're not and you know and I think that's something that should be advocated for that needs to change uh and and be done and I don't know where it starts from or who 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 kind of can do that um but one of the things that that I think that I'll just close out and I think I mentioned it before we started recording is, you know, people's intention does not determine impact. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't matter that, you know, white people in general may not have the attention to come across as offensive or don't realize that they're doing it intentionally or that, you know, whatever it is, but the way that it impacts us as people of color, as women of color, like listen to us when we say, hey, that that is not right. That's pretty offensive, you know, or when I say that is white supremacy, you, you need to like figure out and go back. I mean, that was the one of the, you know, one of the things that we talked a few times is, you know, having to, tell people like hey this is this is white supremacy that's offensive and then them not believing us they know like you have to take a moment and at least pause and just do some internal processing or or googling um as well uh to just educate a little bit and, and and do that and just you know i think that's you know my thing is you know your intent does not determine the impact that it has particularly in a person of color uh, and, and that, but but it's just been so good to just talk because I think I say this almost in every time we finish a little series, you know, I yeah, learned yeah. so much and, you know, I, I, I just can't wait to just continue learning uh, and, and seeing what we can do and, you know, and, and yeah, like white supremacy is just an, 
so many of our spaces and I think it needs to be talked about more. It needs to be brought to the forefront because although racism is, is, is a part of it, I will say it again, the root cause of a lot of the things is this white supremacy Amen. culture that we have. Amen. I, I think that's a wonderful wrap up. And again, um, if we don't talk about it, we ain't gonna be able to change it. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we can't even utter the words, um, again, you know, I've, I've said this, I think time and time again, and I'll say it again, like, you know, these are big issues that we're talking about and tackling, but it's so easy to you know, hide under the rug and not want to talk about it, but you can do that, but you can't expect change. You can't expect in anything to change. It's going to stay the same. And so, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, you keep bitching about it and nothing happened. You got, but you know, you, you got to, you know, it's like, if you don't vote, you can't bitch about it. You know, you, 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 you gotta, you know, we got to start somewhere and make changes and uh, try to break this wall down. And, you know, it took us a long time to get here. It's going to take us a long time to get out, but we got to start somewhere or else nothing, nothing's going to change for the better. And we're still going to be in this situation a hundred years from now. Um, so again, uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you know, please like comment, uh, you know, Lissette and I are going to be kicking off a series, which um, I don't want to introduce it right now. Um, no, no, we'll keep, it, we'll keep it a surprise. Yeah, we'll keep it a surprise. But again, I've, you know, I think I hinted at it last time too. We're working on uh, a really important series um, that's close to us. And uh, yeah, we're going to start uh, filming at that actually this week. So we'll keep you all abreast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, around that. And yes, uh, please feel free to reach out to us with comments and anything and just keep it respectful. So take care, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.